Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. First thing I do want to talk about is children's mental health and the number of children looking for psychiatric help for mental health issues has soared when the lockdown restrictions were lifted last summer. Uh, Paediatric psychiatrists have been describing the pandemic phenomenon as a tsunami which is expected to continue to rise, um, sparking concern that the HSE chronically understaffed child and adolescent mental health uh, CAMs uh, will struggle to cope with the surge. Uh, Since last July... Um, last or since July last year, should I say, there has been a sharp rise in children presenting with mental health difficulties to children's hospitals and CAMs. And clinicians are seeing an increase in numbers of distressed children presenting with conditions such as suicide ideation, self-harm and eating disorders. And the COVID-19 pandemic is likely to exasperate existing mental health problems among children, according to a new report. An increased isolation caused by lockdowns uh, risks causing long-term damage to the health and well-being of hundreds of thousands of young people, as well as adults, by the way. I'm not ignoring you all out there, by the way. But of course, we have to be careful with children because they don't present themselves. They don't show. It's hard to look at your child and understand, do they have a mental health problem? Because it's easy with an adult, we can talk to each other. But with children, sometimes they don't want to talk. And the warning comes after research found that one in six young people have now uh, probable mental health problems, uh, up from one in nine before the pandemic hit. And some of the statistics I've seen in relation to suicide ideation is dreadful, particularly in the UK. One in five children have expressed suicide ideation. This is young children under the age of 16. It's shocking. And it comes a survey of parents um, put not seeing friends and socialising as their biggest concern for their children during the lockdowns ahead of the impact on their children's education. And education, as we know, has been impacted very badly. All this underlines that for all the talk of children needing to catch up on lost learning, it's their mental health and not their education that's actually really suffering during the lockdown. Had the potential impact on children's mental health was highlighted as one of the biggest dangers of the lockdown early in the pandemic, and a report published today suggests those fears are very well-founded. Relationships with families and friends, family background, use of social media, uh, physical exercise, all identified as key drivers in young people's mental health that have been adversely affected by lockdowns. School closures and lockdown restrictions meant young people have been physically isolated from their friends. If it wasn't for technology, they'd be doomed. Instead, they are now forced to use technology via social media, which can have an adverse effect, by the way, on the well-being of adolescents, particularly young girls, according to the report, because they get bullied as well. So we're basically, everything we told children previous to the lockdowns, when we told them to try and stay off social media, because social media, of course, was the cause of, you know, so much harm in relation to bullying and self-harm and all that kind of stuff, body image, etc., etc. We were now telling our children during the eight months of lockdown, this is the only way you're actually going to get to meet anybody. So now you have to go back onto it again. And basically, we did quite the opposite. So let me know what you think, by the way. Have children been adversely affected and have your children been affected? Let me know how your children are being affected by not going to school, not seeing their friends, stuck in their room. Uh, it's a great Groundhog Day. How are they affected by it? Let me know. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Get in touch now. Just as we were talking about that update in the last 20 minutes there, Education Minister Norma Foley is planning for a phased return of all students to school in March. The target date for the wider reopening is to begin on March the 1st, although that is subject to agreement with her education partner. But sure, they were supposed to go back in January, but that was subject to agreement with the education partners. Education partners being the teachers and the unions, by the way. <clears throat> and uh, if the teachers and the unions don't want to go back in March, that won't be happening. So Norma Foley can say all she wants. Uh, I can't see it happening. Uh, let me know what you think. The number is 87 8 For those, by the way, can I send out my condolences? 
if that's the word, the right word to use, my empathy, my sympathy for everybody doing the Leaving Cert this year. They are Department of Education and Norma Foley and the unions and everybody are absolutely making a hames of it, a mess of it. They just will not agree. It's come down to politics now. It's all about politics. Nothing to do with safety anymore because nobody knows what they want anymore. It's stupid. And I feel so sorry for children's education. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 87 188 I'd like to hear from you, um, you know, about your children. Uh, we're getting a lot of texts in with children with autism, etc., etc. And by the way, even if your children don't have autism, it can have a huge effect on their mental health that we're maybe not, we're not understanding. So let us know how your children are coping. Um, let me just go to Rachel. Rachel, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Rachel? Hi, Niall. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Good. Nice to talk to you, Rachel. Now, you have a daughter. She's, uh, she's 13 years of age and has high-functioning autism. That's and right. I, I think I spoke to you before, didn't I? You did, Niall. I, did. I spoke to you last summer because I was very worried about masks being made mandatory in secondary schools. I because remember. I felt, yeah, I thought it would be hugely detrimental to her. And lo and behold, it has been hugely detrimental to her. Okay. Um, I think I was telling you at the time that my big worry about masks were that the first thing about them is they force eye contact. Now, not every child with autism doesn't like eye contact, but my child doesn't like eye contact. It makes her incredibly anxious. She says she sees too much of a person, if that makes any sense. Yes, it, no, it I guess it's, yeah. Yeah, it intimidates her. So now all she has to look at all day long are eyes. Yeah. And she can't tell if people are happy or sad or if they're friendly are unfriendly. And by the way, it's hard enough when you have autism to get social yes. cues. Uh, and, and we see social cues through somebody's expressions on their faces. But when we've all yes. got masks on, that, that can be very difficult. Very difficult because yeah. it means you must be dependent on language. And while she's very clever and her IQ is quite high, she actually didn't talk until she was five. And she was largely dependent on pictures. She used to have what we call pecs in the, in the autism and world. And why, why didn't she talk? Did she have selective mutism? No, she didn't. She just had um, very... Because she could actually repeat what you said, yeah. echolalia. She could, from the age of three, she could repeat words back to you, but she had no understanding of what any words meant. Actually, when she was five, we found a very progressive um, speech therapist who decided to teach her English as a foreign language, as though she was like a French child or something like that. That's a very like clever that. idea, by the way. Yeah, that's very it, clever. It was very clever. Yeah. To the point like we're in secondary school now, she got... 98% in her French and in her Irish because she's now very good at language. And it's unusual for children with autism to do Irish because they can get exemptions on Irish anyway. So, yeah, so Absolutely. well done to her. Well done but, to her. But, but yeah, the, the problem is her mental health, of course, is more important her than her academia. Yeah, It has taken a huge toll. So on the second day of school, the school rang me and said she'd had a huge panic attack and they had told her that she no longer needed to wear a mask herself sitting in the classroom. So that was really helpful. The school have been very kind and actually they've done as much as they can for her. But the problem is everyone else is wearing a mask. And, and you can imagine the second day of first year where you know nobody and you're having a panic attack in the classroom. So that hugely affected her confidence, her self-esteem. You know, she was worried all the time. that. Can, can I ask you, her. by the way, what was the reaction? And I, and, and I agree, yeah. by the way, that children that have issues wearing masks shouldn't have to wear them. But, yes. the, but the problem is, if one child is not wearing a mask or two children in a class, yeah. it kind of isolates them in the sense that they're different. Yeah. And, and yeah. what, what was the reaction of the other kids to her not wearing a mask? Did anybody say anything to her or give out to her? or has anybody, No. No, good. They, they didn't. In fact, well, she apparently stood up day one in the classroom, her SNA told me, and said, 
Um, because the teacher said, does anyone have anything unusual about them they want to share with the class? And she stood up and said, yes, I have autism, but I'm just the same as the rest of you. And it's kind of ever since then, the girls in the class have been so, so nice to her. Okay. They really mind So they're very respectful her. of her. Okay, that's good. They are. But the only thing is, then on Snapchat, the other side of that is, while they're really respectful to her, a lot of them put up memes all the time about horrible people who don't wear masks. And mm-hmm. she sees all of that. So That's having a huge effect on children. And I, I read a Facebook story the other day, the, and there was a, a guy said he was in a shop, and there was a woman with her daughter who was about seven years of age, and the daughter was wearing a mask. And can I just say, by the way, if your daughter's seven years of age, she shouldn't be wearing a mask. She doesn't need yeah. to wear a mask, right? Absolutely. But anyway, but anyway, the daughter was wearing a mask, and the mother was wearing a mask, and a man walked in with no mask. And by the way, he shouldn't have. That's a shop. He should wear a mask, right? But he walked yeah. in, unless he had a reason to, by the way, which he could have had. Um, yeah. And the mother pushed the daughter behind her, as if to protect her from this man who hadn't worn a mask. And the daughter was saying, Mommy, he's not wearing a mask. And she said, I know, darling, get behind me, get behind me. And I'm going, what are we doing to children? What are we doing? It's very disproportionate to, I think, the threat that exists towards children. Absolutely, of course it is. That's that's the problem. But she, Charlotte now, my daughter, would be afraid to go out because she doesn't want to wear a mask and she's afraid that people will get cross with her. So she's, she's very lonely. She's very... Sad. Like Christmas morning, Niall, we came in to the, to the living room with all her presents and she walked over and looked at them and she walked out of the room again and we were saying, well, what's wrong? Do you not want to see your presents? And she eventually broke down after me probing her for a while and said she had been so dependent on Christmas morning making her feel happy again, but it didn't and that she just feels it'll never end and that she's going to be stuck feeling sad and afraid forever. Oh, and she's very worried that sec- that second year, if she goes back in September, masks are still going to be there and she's never going to have a chance to get to know people. Or that's you know, that well It, it sounds like, Rachel, to be honest with you, it sounds like it's breaking your heart thinking about that even. It is. I'm so worried in September that masks are still going to be here because yesterday I saw some comments from some politician and I can't remember who because I came off Twitter when I saw it saying mass will be with us at least until summer 2022. And I just thought, well, that's going to break her. That, that will break her because she's effectively excluded from society. And mm. that's the only way I can put it. And she no, no, I get so it, I get it. To offer society. She's clever, she's quirky, she's smart, she sees things from a different angle, and she is completely excluded right now. And she feels every bit of it. And she's on the waiting list to see somebody for CAMS, but, you know, it's a waiting oh, list. that'll be a long time, yeah, unfortunately. And right now, no psychologist has seen anybody privately because of COVID. So the mental health issues are there, but we can't get help. Isn't it funny that we, we you know, we can, put the, we can put these appointments allegedly on hold for the last nine yeah. months, and they have been put on hold, you're right. It's very difficult yeah. to get to see anybody, but you can't put mental health on hold. You well, know what that's I mean? the problem, and she never had a mental health issue in her life. She was possibly the happiest child in mm. existence. All she ever, ever wants is a day out. She loves a day out and a treat, something nice to eat. She lives for it, and she's thinking, like, will she ever, ever have a day out again? I mean, all, and I was only talking about this the other day, all you can do now is kind of, well, if you want to bring your daughter or son to the park, that's, you know, you can do that yeah. for a little bit of exercise, for a walk or whatever. But the, you yeah. know, the days of, you know, bringing them to a restaurant on a Saturday afternoon or, yeah. those that, or bringing them to the cinema on a Sunday afternoon, those little treats, they're gone. And those treats make such yeah. a difference because I, I can remember my childhood and I can remember all the times my dad brought me to the pictures or to a football match yeah. or whatever it was. 
and that's all gone for children. They're missing out on yeah. so much. And I don't think we're really understanding how it's affecting I them. I don't think so. It's there, she was actually saying that hope is gone. Like on Christmas morning, that's what she said, is up until that morning she had hope. She kept saying, Christmas will make me happy. Of course, she'd been saying it in her head. Christmas will make me happy. But it didn't. And she still has presents that she hasn't even opened. Because she said it reminds her of feeling so bad Christmas morning that she doesn't even want to look at these presents. And um, does she talk to you about it? Does she when she's talking yes. to you? And and do you what you'd say to her? Do you say, well, don't be worrying. This will all end soon, and it should be okay uh, soon. I suppose. We- Kind of, I kind of, I do this listening with empathy thing. I did, we went on a course, myself and my husband, for children with anxiety, you know, parenting a child with anxiety. And it's kind of just acknowledging her fear all the time. But I can't give her any answers. And she asks me every day, well, what do you think today? What do you think today? And I always say, well, what do you think? Mm. And whenever she says, I think it'll be over in a few weeks, I go, well, that's good to be hopeful. Yeah. that's, as far that's really all as you can get. say, isn't it? Yeah. And, and by the way, fair play to your very proactive parents that you're taking your daughter's anxiety and her autism so seriously, uh, you yeah. know, that you're going and getting your own kind of counselling or lessons on how to deal with it. So that's very proactive. There's not many parents who would, would do that. They would just try yeah. and deal with it. Do you know what I mean? But look, well, I, I don't know what the answer for, for young children is. And not just those, by the way, with autism. Um, yeah. So just stay there for a second, because Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Paul? You have a 17-year-old daughter. I do, it is. And, and, uh, yeah. and she's struggling. I can imagine. Can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Anything though, she was, she's extremely sick. And she had a really strong thing. She had her, her, her foot like Now she literally eats, sleeps and drinks with that. Right, she so she used to be very active going out to her Irish dancing and all sorts of, car- you know, stuff like that that children would normally do, yeah. And now now what she's doing, she's sitting on her bed looking at her laptop all day, probably, is she? Yeah, yeah, and it's not helping now. As I said, we, we have a joke here in the house, you know, Dad's taxi, because, like, I was... Irish dads and twice a week football, twice a week, and then a match at the weekend. But yeah. I didn't care because it was it was yeah. So that's what it, you do you know, as a parent, yeah. It's, absolutely, it's part of parenting. Yeah, but it's had a detrimental effect, and I, I really, you know, the fact that I'm 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 on the air now, I, you know, I'm sick to the, and I'm sure everybody is. There's nothing positive coming out of this. RTE, no. I really blame RTE because every single night, and TV three are at fault as well, because all they all they seem to do. It's put on the numbers every single night. There's not, it's all negative. There's nothing positive. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be bad and say this, but last night when I watched <clears throat> RTE, there was, I don't know, 900 cases, but no deaths yesterday, thankfully. And you're right. Yes. I, I think they need to stop doing the daily death count. It, it has yes. come. They need once a week. Let us know how many people sadly have passed away. I think it's fair to know that and the case numbers, and let us know how the graph is going and how we're going with COVID nineteen, or you know, some sort of highlights maybe once every three or four or five days. But this once a night at the top of the air at the top, at six o'clock on the news. I, I only said last night when COVID nineteen goes, what are RTE going to talk about? <laughs> not, yeah, exactly. I mean, not, you know what I mean. I mean, the, the Garda Commissioner on a light entertainment programme on a Friday night, you know, telling us all that we're, if we're all bold, we'll get a fine. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, I've never seen the like of it in my life. Yeah. No. But, like, the, the one thing that I would love to see the government doing is, uh, you know, come up with some idea, particularly for, for young teenage kids, both boys and girls, because, you know, my daughter was involved, involved in a big, a big football club here in Dublin, not only for girls, but boys as well. And um, I, we went up, we just drove up there the other day. It's about a five-minute drive. We were, we're, we're in our five-kilometre zone. And I just said to my daughter, I said, look, what, what is this place? It's state-of-the-art. If They've got a, um, an astro pitch, floodlit, the whole lot. And what is it without people? It's nothing. Yeah, nothing. It was just an empty 
space yeah. without people. And I just wish the government would just get off their arms and give the kids a chance. Let it, you know, yeah. bring in something, even if it's something really, really small, just something, just to say, right, okay, a little bit of positivity. Let's but they, well, you, you know what the worst part of this is that they've been vilified. You know, I mean, would they talk yeah. to the very start? They use this thing at the start. If you remember the start of the pandemic, which is not true, the kids were super spreaders. Do you remember that story that came out? Yeah, it was the first. Yeah, they were the vectors. Yeah. And, e- and even now, when we hear the whole conversation around the leaving cert and going back to school, it's, oh, we, the teachers don't want to go back because they're afraid the kids will give it to them and they'll go home and give it to their grannies and all this. And again, it's the, fo- the focus is very much on children. And again, yes, I heard um, the Minister for Health, I think, in Northern Ireland talking about the fact that, you know, oh, well, if we open up the schools again, we're going to see outbreaks and we're going to see a rise and all this kind of stuff. It's almost like they're blaming children. They, are, they yeah. have to blame somebody. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is, is that they, they, it's just this idea of wanting to blame a section of society. And children are that section a lot of the time. And I think they feel it. You know, they because, because they're locked do. up. They absolutely do feel it because I know my daughter said every time the television is on, or she actually made a very good point one day. She said, why does it, if you get COVID, do they not tell you how to get better? They just tell you you could give it to somebody else. But they never tell you how you could get better. Do they not care about the people who actually have COVID? And, and, I, and I said the same thing last night. I watched a panorama documentary last night called Misinformation, Disinformation. And it was all yeah. about anti-vaxxers and COVID deniers and all this kind of thing. And it was 40 minutes long. And some of it was plausible. Some of it was a bit silly. But I said mm-hmm. to myself, would the BBC not spend 40 minutes telling people about the vaccine and telling them how safe it is and get yeah. it and all this kind of stuff and showing them what the ingredients are instead of trying to discredit other people educate people and show people this is a good vaccination this is what it does this is what's inside it it's not dangerous yes there can be some small side effects but they are quite rare but in saying that but give us the educate people stop trying to discredit other people constantly all the time yeah it kind of seems to weaken their own position absolutely when they do that you think well if you're doing that why are you going to so much trouble yeah. If it's such a great product, why do you need to Absolutely. And, and, I, and I completely agree. And, and by the way, I do believe it's probably, well, whether you like the vaccination or you don't like the vaccination, I would never be in favour of mandatory vaccinations, even though I am pro-vaccination. But I do believe it's probably our only possibility out of this mess. Yeah, but you know, it, the funny thing about that, and it made me nervous from day one, that nothing other than the vaccination from day one was, Is the way out. was discussed as a way out. Yeah. And it made me think, well... I agree. Uh, no, I, I agree with I, you. I, I have a family member who works in the pharmaceutical company who said day one that she couldn't see a vaccination being successful for very long because of the coronavirus. And by their very nature, they mutate so quickly. Mm-hmm. It is the reason why a vaccine had never been found in the future. So she, and this is someone who makes vaccines, yeah. she was kind of saying, how could this be a long-term solution? It pro- no, it probably isn't. It, it probably isn't. But what it will do for governments of the world it will say, well, look, this is all we can do. Um, yes. And here it is. And take it if you want it. Don't take it if you don't want, don't to. want to. And yeah. sure, now let's get back to normal. And I think that's that's the only, I mean, I personally agree with you. And I think, you know, the human body is an amazing vaccination in itself. In other words, it produces antibodies and it has done for, throughout history. So I, I, I do believe that's an important part of it as well. And eating well and, you know, sleeping well and all that and a healthy lifestyle is always good for fighting any illness. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Rachel. Thank you to Paul as well. And I am concerned. I'm concerned about Paul's story. 17 years of age I'm concerned about Rachel's daughter 13 years of age I'm concerned about all your children because I think this is having a detrimental effect on them let me know how your children are getting on 087-188-0008 I'm going to go to Bear Bear you're on Classic Kids how are you doing? 
Hello, Niall. How are you? Good. It's been, I, I think I spoke to you many, many years ago, Bear. I don't think you've been on the air quite a substantial amount of time. Is that, is that the same no, person? No, I haven't. I don't think I've ever been on, no. Oh, no, it wasn't no. you, because it's an no. unusual name, Bear, by the way. Yeah. Uh, okay. You. Your grandchildren are in the UK and you haven't seen them since the, uh, well, in 13 months? Since, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I look, you, you sent in a note there. Uh, that he was, it's a poem he wrote, my 11-year-old grandson wrote. And he wrote to you. So can you read it out for us? Oh, I actually ha- I, um, Can I read it out to you? Yeah, no, I, I just have to uh, get it on my, my husband's phone. Yeah. Okay, go on, get it on your screen um, there. Yeah, just give me the phone. Give, me yeah, the give, phone. give her the phone, give, give her the phone. phone, give her the bloody phone. Give her the phone. We've got to take, take your time, but anyway, so yeah, you, you haven't seen them in 13 months. And no, do you haven't. get to communicate much with them through FaceTime? Or? Oh, we do, we do. We get to, commun- we get to communicate a lot. Um, and face it, well, I send them funny videos, basically. And yeah. They send me back their ones. Right. But um, it's just, I thought was his, his words were just so honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, from a, such a young child. Um, yeah, how it's affecting their world, basically. And have you got it? Have you got it there? Yeah, I have it here. Now. Okay, read it there, go. I have it. Um, so all was going great. Um, hanging out with all my mates. When a rumour going around that a strange virus was in town. It started off in China, which seems so far away but quite quickly sped to Britain, where we are today. The schools were put in lockdown. We had to stay at home. At first it was quite fun, but now we find we feel alone. Away from family and friends, home learning isn't fun. Can't wait until this thing ends and this battle can be won. I hope it's not far away and corona will be gone. Back to friends and family, and we can all live as one. Oh, that's lovely. That's really yeah. lovely. And that's an 11 year old child. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't, isn't it amazing the understanding that the 11 year old child, that an 11 year old, I remember when I was 11, I wouldn't have had that much understanding of the world Not around me. No, and you can, he talks about family and friends quite a lot. And, yeah. you know, you can and see I the effect it's having on him. He's, he's, so, he's a deep kind of a child who yeah. actually who it has affected probably more than the other two, who would be more outgoing. Yeah. You know? Beautiful and handwriting, just, by the way. I can see it here in front of me. Be- beautiful <laughs> handwriting for an 11-year-old. Jason, I wouldn't be able to write that well myself, to be honest. I was actually admiring that myself. But I just thought his insight into it was so honest and so innocent yeah. from a child so young. And do you think and we're do you think we're neglecting when I say neglecting children, but neglecting their feelings at the moment and I not and not understanding their feelings? I actually think we're going to run ourselves into huge trouble in later in later times, yep. later on, mm-hmm. when this is when hopefully this is all this goes away. That I think we're, the problems that the children will have will be unbelievable. Their social skills, their interaction with other people, you know. Yeah. They basically haven't seen anyone for a year. You know, they yep. haven't seen their grandparents. They haven't seen their aunties. You know, they. I haven't seen the school friends. The it's, it's, it's so easy to condition children because they're like sponges. And, oh, and children, particularly, I say, at the six or seven age group, right? And we're telling them now, don't be hugging your friends, don't be near your friends, you know, and they see people with masks on and everything. 
And to them, this is the normal life because they're young and they're impressionable and they think this is the way forward. And I think to, to tell, to go back now and tell them, you know, in, in a year's time or, okay, six, you know. or six months, year's time, whatever, I hope six months, but at the latest, um, you can hug your friend, you can hug your granny, take your mask off. It's going to be very difficult. But I have two grandchildren here as well who are six and one of them was born just before lockdown. And I noticed in the six-year-old that he was afraid to hug. He was standing back from us. They're not afraid, like, when they, we, we kind of got out for a bit. Yeah. We got out of jail, basically, for a bit. Yeah. And he was actually, I could see the, 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 the fear in him. Yeah. Being afraid to hug. That's terrible, isn't it? You know? Young children. Yeah, and, and let's be clear, yeah. for those who get worried, there is no risk. COVID-19 is of no risk to young children. No, no. none whatsoever. No, no, I mean, if you look at the statistics there, most of their illnesses are of more risk to children than COVID-19. COVID-19 yeah. has taken, thankfully, taken very little lives yeah, of children under the age of 18 years of age around the thank world. God. Thank, yeah. thank and, God. And really they, don't, they don't even get serious symptoms. They get very mild, if any symptoms at all. So we need to stop worrying about children. You but know. I actually think that at the start, when they, as uh, going back to another point you made earlier on, when they they said the children were vectors, it was actually like the children were, they were actually the devils. Oh, the super spread, super spreaders, we were calling them. Yeah, that's they the called them at the start. Yeah. Yeah, but, but everything we're talking about, I mean, even the news today, Norma Foley talking about the schools and everything else, it's all very much focused on children and children being this harmful element in society that if we let them go back to school, that all of a sudden case numbers will go up and we need to be concerned about that. And that didn't happen when they went back to school, by the way, in September. The case I numbers mean, didn't I, go up. I worked in college. Yeah. 15,000 15, students, yeah. basically. Yeah. And we were back for six months. Yeah. And I think in the six months that we were back in college... There was maybe four cases yep. of of COVID in yep. the whole college. Now it was very reduced numbers. So and they were probably cases that didn't even know they had it. Possibly, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you absolutely. know what I mean? You know, people so, who didn't um, have, you you have COVID, but I feel fine. But you have COVID, so you have to go for two weeks. So I I get it, and and most young people won't have any symptoms. You know what I mean? Thankfully, thankfully, they won't have any symptoms. But look, well, Bear, it's lovely talking to you. you. You should be so proud of your little eleven-year-old. I uh, that's why I think <laughs> the grandchild. I mean, I I I know. I wish. That's why I sent it in because I just thought it was such an honest. Absolutely, um, it was. It was lovely. An honest piece written by such a young child. Okay, listen, you know? Bear, thank you very much indeed, and I hope you get to see them very, very soon. I know you haven't seen them in ages, but I do hope you get to see them soon. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.